Well, good morning. Welcome to the Pulse WV Live, a network that beats to the heart of God. I'm your host, John Fowler. Today is the third of the month. It is August 3rd, 2022. Hey, Brian, get real close over there because I, you know, I didn't even check and see. You may have to move a little bit that, let's say, move that way. Like, like your whole body. Yeah, yeah. No, the other way. Yeah, go the other way. A little bit more. A little bit more. There you go. Now move your mic back. We didn't even, like, set this up, did we? We've just been talking, so here we go. Hold on, Matt. There we go. You look good, brother. How you doing? You got to get real close to the mic, though. You got to turn that on. Yeah. We'll get you there. <laughs> we'll get you there. Uh, there you right, are. There, there you are. And you got to stay real close to it right. so that people can hear you, as a good West Virginia word. I was going to say something. Let me see if it just comes back to me what I was – because it was really good, and, and I forgot it. You ever done that? Oh, it's terrible. It's terrible. But uh, I was going to say something that that I thought was really good. Oh, I know what it was. When I was in banking, the third of the month was when, it's still today, when Social Security checks go into people's accounts. Mm -hmm. It's the third of the month. And so um, people would call the bank, and they would say, yeah, I just want to uh, make sure that my Social Security check is in my check-ins account. You'd call it check-ins account. And I'm talking Canal County, right, right down right. where from where you you were raised. And uh, so I would hear the word check-ins account. I thought you have got to be kidding. So what you wanted to ask people is you wanted to say, well, was it in there last month? And they say, yeah. What about the month before? Yeah, it was in there too. Well, I guarantee it's probably in there too <laughs> this month. And so when I think of the third of the month, I always think of that. Do I miss banking? No way. <laughs> Don't miss it at all. So anyway, it's great having Dr. Brian Miller with us today, Global Transformation Ministries, uh, born and, and bred out of Cross Lanes or Nitro? Cross Lanes. Yeah, out of Cross Lanes. Didn't you and James McKee go to school together? We did go together, yeah. Lord help Graduated you. Graduated together. Yeah. He's in a, he has a limo business uh, with Tim Morris now, a buddy of mine, and they wanted me to be an investor in it, and I said, mm-mm. Mm-mm. <laughs> no, not doing that. Supposed to have lunch with him tomorrow. Yeah. And so I thought about that. I thought about that as well. So what is going on since the last time that you were here, ministry-wise, uh, with uh, Medellin, Colombia? What's happening? Yeah. Uh, well, we're blessed. We're in Medellin. For some of you guys might remember, we have a ministry. Uh, we do church plants. And as well as we are doing, um, we have a crisis pregnancy home. So we're super excited that uh, home is a little older than two years old, and we've rescued 31 mothers off the streets. Um, Medellin's a little different than, than West Virginia or other cities in the United States, that there is uh, 500,000 people, 500,000 families that are living in like refugee communities. So we're blessed to be able to help these young mothers that are either living on the streets or in a moment of crisis. And so we've been uh, blessed to be able to rescue a, mo- a lot of mothers. And uh, we're just thankful that we have a video somewhere um, to show you what we do on the crisis pregnancy home. But it's a lot of fun. And uh, I'm very thankful that uh, West Virginia sent a team down and blessed our mothers. And also Baton Rouge sent a team down this summer. So it's kind of exciting that COVID is dying down a little bit and released restrictions. And now teams are coming back to Columbia helping with our ministry. Well, that, yeah, because you and I were just talking about that. And, you know, one of the reasons why that I haven't been able to go to Columbia is because of the vaccination. And I'm thinking, I want to come back. And I was thinking about that when I was combing my hair this morning, getting ready to come down and see you. And I thought, you know, it's like, I want to go back to Columbia because the ministry, and you know this, and you and I have talked about this, the ministry in Columbia is, is amazing. Uh, and different than the United States. It's like you see, I don't know, I've probably seen more miracles happen in Columbia than I've had seen here, you know. Mm-hmm. And uh, it, I've got a heart for Columbia because I, I do love Columbia. I haven't been for a while, but um, I'm getting to the place where I can go. Mm-hmm. And so maybe maybe in the spring or something like that that I can come down and, and do some preaching, mm-hmm. maybe bring some people with me. Mm-hmm. But uh, that'd be exciting to come back to Columbia. Do you want me to show this video? Uh, yeah, you can. Uh, you want to talk about it first, or you just want to? Uh, this is a picture of our home. We have two homes, and this is our first home where we uh, 
we go out in the streets and we look for girls that are pregnant living on the streets as well as uh, we work with a pro-life ministries that has an office right in front of the major abortion clinic in Medellin. And so we uh, rescue these mothers off the streets or, or actually stand in a line at the abortion clinic saying, hey, we got another option. You can come and have your baby in our home. So it just gives a, gives a little nutshell what we're doing there in Medellin. Yeah, because I think when we talked about this, um, we talked about this the last time, it was, I, I was just really charged on how God is doing some magnificent things. So watch this video. So are these girls uh, with their babies that were rescued from the abortion clinic? Yep, the majority. That is so cool. I mean, that really is. Now, one thing about that video you may want to change is the soup that that girl was eating. <laughs> I mean, come on, Brian. I mean, we're some good vittles. What was that? <laughs> I didn't get real close to that it, microphone. It could have been, it could have been <laughs> Mondongo, which is cow intestine soup. But however, when the teams come, oh, we, we serve a little different food <laughs> for the Do Americans. Do you eat that? Uh, I have ate it. Um, if I go to someone's house and they serve it, oh, this is the best ever. But I... Uh, for the most part, I try to stay away from it. But however, my kids love it. My kids love it. It tastes like chicken. Of course, uh, anything you can't describe yeah, tastes like chicken. Yeah. <laughs> the funny thing with that is I really don't like that soup that much. And one time I was invited to this elderly lady's house. It didn't have much resources. And she just served me that soup with so much love. And that's, I mean, it's really like the thing I hate, you know. And so I ate all the soup. And like each bite was like, okay, Lord, you know. You got to help me. You know, the, <laughs> I can do this, Lord. I'm a good missionary. And then the... I finished, and I tell the lady, this is the best soup I've ever had for this Mondongo, the cow intestine soup. And it was the best, but it was still the worst I ever had. You know, it was <laughs> the best really I ever funny. had, but I didn't like it. And she just reaches over and grabs a whole other spoon and fills my bowl up. I was no. like, oh, Lord. Okay, Lord, I understand. Yes, let your yes be yes and your no be no. But, Absolutely. Uh, <laughs> That's crazy. So uh, how many years have you been in Columbia now, total? So uh, eight, oh, total, well, 18 and a half full-time and um, before that, I was seven years going back and forth during the summers. Oh, okay. So, so 18 total. Mm -hmm. And your ministry that you've had, uh, which is Global Transformation Ministries, is how old? And so it's eight years old. Eight years mm -hmm. old. And so God, I think the last time that, that you were here, I better turn it off. You were working on a, another building. Yeah, so we were blessed. Um we had a lot of, you saw the girls in the video, we had a lot of young girls come in. It was 14, 15 yeah. years old. Hold, hold on just a second. Yeah. I got to turn that off because if I don't turn that off, now I got to find it. There it is. Okay. Go ahead. Yeah, so we, we had a lot of girls come in 14, 15 years old, and like our processing is the idea is the girls come in, and within six months to eight months, they go through our home, they learn a trade, and they go back out to society. And so. Uh, we were like, we can't send these 15-year-olds back out to defend for themselves. So we were praying, and uh, we we purchased a home that's downtown, that, and most of the girls can get jobs within five minutes from there. We teach them to be a seamstress and as well as to be a beautician. 
and it's very easy for them to find jobs. And so they start working downtown and we have a house mother there watching over them. And right now we have, it's not that, that particular home is not in that video, but we have four mothers living there right now. Oh, wow. And, uh, pretty excited. One of the girls went through her home, took her a year to go through the home. And now she's actually running at home. She's a, wow. a school teacher. She used to be a principal in Venezuela and now she's running the home. It's pretty neat. And, um, the, um, and we're doing a big, gigantic capital campaign trying to raise money because we want to convert the home to make it at 3,000 square feet, and we want to house 16 mothers. That's the goal of the home. Okay. And so so 16 homes. So let me ask you. So you're not, you're not literally employing uh, the girls, but they're out finding, right. finding work within Medellin. Yeah. So at the end of okay. the process and the first home, they work two months in a like the I'm gonna go do a practicum and they start doing some practicum in a large um, seamstress place. All right. And uh most of the time they do so well they just stay there. And, well, okay. and so then after they can show they can manage your time, their money and take care of their baby, then we will send them to the new home and then they have a the mother is like a house mother kind of helps them, encourages them so they have someone there in the evening to talk to and they've had a hard day and have someone there to Help with their baby, kind of like a grandmother to a single oh, gotcha. mother. So does um, so have you had have you had a, a a young mother come to you and say, you know, I'm I'm doing well, I'm I'm ready to to move out and to get into society and buy a place of their own, or are they do they get to that place or? Or, yeah. to, or to get married and and move in with a husband? Or? Yeah, so we actually have, our program is young, right? So it's only two years and almost a half old. Right. Uh, but we do have a great girl who's getting ready to get married here. In the, actually, next month she's getting married. Um, we at, When we first started, a lot of the girls left the home. And what we did is we, at that time, we didn't have the transitional home. Okay. So we're helping them find apartments. And so they paid their own rent they take care of their own self so that in that part they've been stable um with this new home with ideas for these young girls to be able to train them and empower them not they already got their training but let's say when it, there's a lot of colleges on the weekends right and so if they do well they'll be able to go to college they'll be able to get another step up um but they haven't no one's bought a home yet it's it's crazy in columbia it's uh for you to go buy a home if you have to have 30 percent up front and so just oh, the average person to be able to save 30% up front has been, it's pretty tough. Now, real estate, real estate in, in Columbia has really gone up over the years mm-hmm. since I've been involved in it. I mean, there's times that there were apartments that you could get really at a good price and all that's probably changed and went sky, skyrocketed, it, haven't it? It is. It, it's, it's a, well, it's a pretty, yeah, an, an average, an average apartment. An average apartment will increase nine percent each year. Really? So, on, so it's a good place to invest. Um, and then, if you get it in the right spot, you could go fifteen percent, seventeen percent, depending on the roads and stuff like that. But it is it continues to go up. Um, to give an idea, in a safe neighborhood, a eight hundred fifty square foot apartment right now is a hundred thousand dollars, and that's a and that's a low eight hundred square eight hundred square foot. Wow! Is a every bit of a hundred thousand dollars, or even more. Man, should have so. bought early. <laughs> should have bought early, man. I tell you, that's crazy. But but I will throw out there that it is like number Medellin is the number three city for people, the expats to come and stay and want to live because it's the land of eternal spring. It's eighty degree weather all year long. Oh, I love very it. low humidity. Um, I'm coming can, in the winter. You can have a beautiful dinner uh, with a natural juice. A wonderful entree and a dessert, and you spend twelve dollars. I mean, you yeah. can't do that. You can't do that. <laughs> can't do that here. And and let me tell you something. If you want to lose weight, go to Columbia. And let me tell you why. Because you eat really good, <laughs> and the food is phenomenal. Uh, there's a um, is, is crepes and waffles crepes still around. And waffles, yeah, it's still around. Mm-hmm. That's the only place that I eat. I haven't had beef stroganoff mm-hmm. for years, mm-hmm. and that's the only place that I eat that, and and it comes out in that bread bowl, yeah. and it got the lid on it, and you take the lid on it, and it's just really good. Mm-hmm. That's just amazing that I would remember that. Yeah. 
Let's go. I'm ready. I'm ready. <laughs> we had all the uh, the teams that went down, and so they were all like, look at this plate. They really liked the, taking their pictures and putting on their Facebook. They really. <laughs> yeah, the, you know, the, you, you stop and think, probably the last time that I was in Columbia, there was no Facebook. Mm-hmm. That tells you how many years yeah. ago it's been. Yeah. So it's been it's been a while, but I want to come back. And and I, you you made an interesting point, and that I think that I just need to pray about that and say, Lord, can it be in the winter? Mm-hmm. You know, because we nor I remember one of the one of our trips that we came down. We literally were sleigh riding the day before we left <laughs> here, and mm-hmm. it's like okay. You got to get your flowered shirts. It's kind of strange on how you pack because it's like, okay, it's snowing. I'm going to need a jacket when I get off the plane in Cincinnati. And then, you know, then you shed all that. Mm-hmm. And so um, let me tell you something. It's an enjoyable trip. If you've never been, you can get a hold of, uh, of uh, Dr. Brian Miller on his Facebook page or is also on Messenger. Reach out to him, and uh, your church may want to do a team. And so. I liked your topic. I, before you got here today, I, I liked what you were wanting to talk about over in Acts chapter 9 with Ananias. And and I think every one of us, Brian, has been an Ananias at some point of our life, uh, especially with uh, Saul and his reputation mm-hmm. of killing, of killing uh, Christians and uh, persecuting the Christians. And then God speaks to Ananias to go talk to him and uh, get him baptized in the Holy Ghost and to get his eyesight back. Mm-hmm. And so when I think about that, I think how many times within our life have we not done God's will and the other person didn't get help? Mm-hmm. So that have you ever thought about that? It's like how many missed opportunities mm-hmm. did we not did we not take because the Lord spoke? It's like this. Like I remember, this one guy said. He said he prophesied over this one guy one time. He says that you're going to go to this one church, and he says, and there's going to be a person to give you money. Mm-hmm. Okay, and so hey, the guy goes to the church and he he preaches and everything went well, and he leaves and the guy didn't give him the money. Mm-hmm. He didn't know who it was. God didn't tell him, and so. Then he went back again to that same church, and a fellow came up to him, and he says, I wasn't obedient the last time that you were here, mm-hmm. and he gave him the money mm-hmm. that, that the person had prophesied over. So I, I think when I read the book of, uh, when I read Acts chapter 9 and I talk about Ananias, we talk about Ananias, I look at there are so many opportunities that we may not, uh, that the Lord spoke to us about. But we're not doing. Mm-hmm. I mean, does that make sense? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I mean, what do you think about when I say that? Well, yeah, I just run through stories after stories how God has talked to us. I mean, the Scripture is full of God talking to us. I mean, He's oh, yeah. lively talking to the community, to the individuals, and um, you know, I think I think as Christians we have. I want to, you know, Sunday I'll go to Sunday and hear what God has to say. Well, I don't know. I think He talks to us all day long, you know, and I think we need to have this attentive ear to listen to him at any moment and it could be like right now we're listening on the, this podcast or no we're at and you might not be listening to it right now you could be listening to it tonight or tomorrow and but but a guy could speak to you but also you could be in your car driving down the road and he puts on your heart to call someone well I'll call him tomorrow and so missed callings you know i remember uh, years mm-hmm. ago i was driving and i in Medellin, and i felt like god telling me to go talk to this person and i even heard I felt like God told me, if you don't talk to him, you won't get a chance to. And I was oh, like, wow. I'm really busy, Lord. I can't do it. And uh, <laughs> sadly, he said, I shouldn't even laugh about it, but sadly, he said, the guy passed away a week later. Oh, and wow. I didn't see him as an older man. But, um, but there's opportunities to, I think God's all the time stirring our hearts, stirring, talking to us, motivating us to, to move. And we're like, maybe, maybe not, you know. And, uh, um, a, a funny. A f- Do we want to read this passage? Or we yeah, let's read it. it. You want to read it? Yeah. Um, would you like to read Acts it? chapter? Actually, no. You go ahead. I read through it a minute yeah. ago, and I'm okay. thinking there's some words there that a doctor could read. Oh but, my! <laughs> you're in Acts uh, chapter nine, starting what verse what? Uh, I'll start in verse one. It says, "Meanwhile, Saul was still breathing out murderous threats against the Lord's disciples. He went to the high priest and asked him for letters to the synagogues in Damascus." 
so that if he found any there who belonged to the way, whether men or women, he might take them as prisoners to Jerusalem. As he neared Damascus on his journey, suddenly a light, a light from heaven flashed around him. He fell to the ground and heard a voice say to him, Saul, Saul, why do you persecute me? Who are you, Lord? Saul asked. And I tell you, let's just stop right there. I, and to me, it's like, here he is. I'm in God's name. I'm just speaking God's name. I'm going out, doing this self-righteous thing. I'm going to go purge the community of these Christians yeah. in God's name. Yeah. And he wasn't even working for God. Wasn't even working. You know, he's like, God's like, you're in the wrong business, you know. But then, then and it's interesting, it's like, I think I'm doing this for God. And he says, God comes to me and says, well, why are you persecuting me? Right. Jesus comes and he's like, and I think how easy it is for us to be like in the routines of life and we're just, uh, you know, we're in customs. I've always done it this way and maybe it's not the way we're supposed to be doing it, you know, and maybe things, yeah. and I think it's easy. I don't know if you, um, if there ever, you ever seen that happen? <laughs> I have, and I think one thing, yeah, because you, you, what happens is people think they're doing God's will, mm-hmm. and they're really destroying it. Mm-hmm. And it's like one, one preacher, uh, one woman said in a church, she said, she was testifying, and she said, I've been on the way for 30 years. Mm-hmm. And the preacher said, no, you've been in the way for 30 years. <laughs> and and I thought, yeah, I've seen people like that too. And um, and it's, it's like the mindset of people within the church, and and if you if you're doing anything for Christ, mm-hmm. you're going to be lied on, cheated, talked mm-hmm. about, and mistreated. Mm-hmm. You're going to be, all those things are going to happen to you, and and most of the time, it's by other Christians, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and that's what's crazy, mm-hmm. and that's what I that's the the craziest thing that I. But people think that they literally are doing the right thing, just like one of the one of the things that gets me in this scripture, especially in in verse five. Mm-hmm. Uh, here's what Saul says. He says, "Who art thou, Lord?" Mm-hmm. Right. And I and I just think that that just I marvel at that. Mm-hmm. It's like he knew. Mm-hmm. I mean, what do you think? Well, I I actually read that and I saw the Lord as capital L, and I was like, oh, that's interesting. But I went to look yeah. at it in the Greek. It actually meant it actually meant like, "Who are you, Lord?" But like like a reverent person. But didn't you recognize it, it was God? It was, he just thought it was somebody of authority. It was, it was something out of the ordinary happened, all these sounds and stuff. He gets down on his knees, but he didn't realize he was standing before Jesus, standing before the Lord. Yeah. <laughs> and he's just like, who are you, Lord? Which is amazing to think, too. It's like, yeah, how could we be doing things in God's name and not be able to hear his voice or understand his voice? Right. You know, and I think I think it's, it's, it's to me, like, if, if someone's from the Lord, you know, I see the love of the Lord. Love is patient. Love is kind. Love mm-hmm. is, so when someone comes to you, and you like, I've had people, Christians, come in the name of Jesus, cussing at me. And, and, and loosely Christians. Yeah. <laughs> and, and they're cussing. I'm thinking, this doesn't seem like God's spirit right here. It seems more like a human, fleshly spirit. Like, Flesh rising up. Yeah. But it is it is dangerous. And then, um, and then I, you know, and he goes on. He says, I am... In verse 5b, we'll call it, I am Jesus whom you are persecuting, he replied. Now get up and go to the city, and I, and you will be told what you must do. The men traveling with Saul stood there speechless. They heard the sound but did not see anyone. Saul got, got up from the ground, but he, he, when he opened his eyes, he could see nothing. So they led him by the hand in Damascus. For three days he was blind, did not eat or drink anything. Now, I think it's interesting, like, when I read that part, well, what captures me is I like things now. Um, we got to get the job done, you know. And, and, and Paul seems like yeah. right at that time he was Saul, but All right. uh, we know more Same of Paul dude. and Saul, right? <laughs> Same uh, guy, yeah. <laughs> but he was very much a man got the job done, you know. He didn't yeah. sit around. So then to see Jesus like, now get up, and by the way, um, I want you to go into the city. I want you to be obedient. Once you go into this city, and you will be told what you must do. When you give, when you do, what I ask you to do. You will be told. Now, he didn't say it will be tomorrow. He didn't say it will be two days, three days. You will be told. Right. And so, me as a Christian, following the Lord with my own type A personality, maybe. As, uh, you have a type A? No, I don't you, know. I I, I don't I'm, think I'm you very do. square on some things. I only have a type A personality when I'm shopping. 
<laughs> I'm in, I'm out, stay out of the way. Oh my gosh. You know, that's that's kind of me. But uh, I, I don't I don't strike you as a, <laughs> a personality. I know a personality. You're too uh, laid back. Oh my. <laughs> that's the, uh, so, so, uh, but but the thing is is like just waiting on the Lord's voice. I will yeah. move when you come talk to me. Yeah. You know, I will go. You told me to go, I will go and I'll wait. And when you talk to me, I will go, you know, but it's like, we still have to, it's on God's timing, not my timing. And then like, even like our girls home, um, we, we did fundraising for three years, three years. We were doing fundraising. A church come alongside and said, we're going to give you 25 cents on every dollar up to, and we'll give to $25,000. And I'm thinking, this is amazing. We're going to get $25,000. People are really going to give now because, you know, mm-hmm. and, uh, nothing, nothing. For two no. years and a half, nothing. Not nothing in the sense that I mean, it was small increments. And um, we're at the end of that time frame. All right. And so the, the, guy, the church's commitment was ending within three weeks. And a lady calls me and she says, where are you at? Are you still with that plan that created Crisis Pregnancy Center? I said, yes. And she says, where are you at on that project? And I said, well, we're at uh, $20,000. We're trying to raise $200,000. She said, well, God told me two months ago I need to give you a, a, a certain amount of money. I said, whatever you feel like God put in your heart, $50, $100, $500, whatever <laughs> God's put in your heart. And she said, well, God told me I need to give you $150,000. Will that help you? <laughs> so I was like, praise God. And so we, praise we got God. that, and the $20,000 plus the $25,000 from the church. And with that, we started, we bought, a, bought the land and started building. And so the, the key to that. Here, I, I don't want to interrupt you there, but I, I heard something. How how long? Three years. Three no, years. I mean, how long did the oh, yeah, Lord she spoke to her? Months. Yeah, two she months. She went two months. See, yeah, yeah. see, it's like when was the because God spoke to her two months ago. Right. You know right. about that? She mm-hmm. probably had the money then. Yeah, yeah. So, but God was He was yeah. learning you. Yeah, <laughs> he was yeah. teaching you. Go ahead. Yeah, and she was praying. You know, I mean, if if, you, if God called you to give one hundred fifty, you'd probably take two months. <laughs> <laughs> two, I'd take two months. I had it. You know, but but it's amazing to like see. Like I was going to give this to you thirty years ago, but I had to make sure it was God. Uh-huh. Yeah, <laughs> that's so funny. But but it's amazing. Like we're just supposed to do what God wants us to do and walk in that direction. Sometimes yeah. that you know, for the Israelites, it was forty years walking. Um. Like for us, are, are we walking in the right direction? Are we doing what God's, or are we doing the last thing God asks us to do? And I kind of feel like that too. We do what God asks us to do, the last thing He asks us to do, he's, the next thing will work out okay. If we haven't done That's what He's good. asked us to do, maybe we should go back, you know. But and say it uh, again. Are we doing the last thing God asks us to do? Are wow. we doing the last thing that God has to do? And if we are, we know we're good because we're in the center of His will. If we're not, we need to get that done so we can go to the next step in Him. Sometimes it's the hard things like going over and asking your wife, I, I messed up, forgive me, you know. I want my marriage to be a happy marriage. Well, have you asked for forgiveness? No, I'm waiting for her to tell me. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah, see how that works for you. Yeah. So we are doing, are we doing the last thing that God wants us to do? Mm-hmm. Wow, that is really good. I wrote that down. That's good mm-hmm. stuff. I could preach a message on Sunday about this yeah. because it's just, it, it's timely. Mm-hmm. I mean, it just mm-hmm. goes right along with it. Mm-hmm. Do you think that... Do you think that that Saul? I know this is just just an opinion, right? Mm-hmm. But okay, so he was struck blind, right? And he was struck. Uh, what else? He didn't eat for two days. Didn't, didn't eat for, for three days. Three days, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and so um, do you think that if if Saul didn't have the personality that he did? Do you remember remember Smokey and the Bandit? Have you ever seen that movie? Mm-hmm. Remember when he remember when Jackie Gleason pulls up to the car and they're they're taking they're stripping the car down and all this kind of stuff, and he kicks the guy in the hind end. He said, "That is an attention getter." So, do you think that's what that was with Saul? To the fact is that the reason, if if it would have been you or me, we wouldn't have had to been struck blind. We'd have just all yeah. he'd have had to do was say, "Okay," and it's like, "Okay, God, I know it's right. you." Do you think that that had to be part of the equation to get his attention. I, I, um, you know, we don't like you said we don't really know, but I do. I, I, one thing I heard said in seminary, which I liked, and it kind of stuck to me. Whether and we don't really know till we get to heaven, you know. But um, they said that Saul was a very prideful guy. Oh, okay. So by him going three days not eating, not drinking, and being blind, it was like. God's God's way of helping him to flush himself of himself. If that right. makes sense. Like 
like cleansing himself so that when Ananias would come and lay his hands on him, that he'd be free of all the old Saul and and be the new Paul, you know, the new. Um, so you're person. saying so, you're saying it was a crash course on humility. Yeah, but it was very harsh. I mean, you think? I mean, if you if you think about it, if you're chasing, <laughs> you think about it too. Is you like we've we've all in some ways have done it. Have I I'm, I know the way. I'm doing the things right. I'm, and then you realize what you did is totally wrong. Yeah. You know? And so, like, what would that have been to be Saul? And and you look at Saul later on in Scripture talking about you knew who I was. And but some people say the thorn in his side. Now we don't know. There's like three big theories on that. But some people say the thorn in his side is him remembering all the Christians he persecuted before knowing Christ. That was the tormenting thing. But but it would be whether that was it or not. That it would be tormenting to you to think of everything I've done, yeah. I've done it wrong, and thinking I did it right, and having that, like you're talking, kind of like a hardened heart, and I'm yeah. stiff-necked, you know? Well, I, we don't per- know. I personally think the same thing. Mm-hmm. You know, some people think that it was uh, his eyesight, mm-hmm. that it never came back as bright as it did. Uh, I read uh, somewhere that, you know, his thorn of the flesh was his mother-in-law. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, that could have possibly been. But, you know, the... And that's a joke. But so when you think about that, I agree with you because when he's walking through this, the, the, the town of Jerusalem, when he's walking through Jerusalem and he looks over and he sees this mother and two kids mm-hmm. walking by and where's the dad? Well, you killed him. Mm-hmm. You know, you, you persecuted him. And, and I think, I don't know, how would you ever get over that? Mm-hmm. I mean, how would, I mean, I mean, I never killed anybody. I never did any, anything like that. I mean, Moses did. But, you know, it's like you, you think about these things and you think, wow, you know. Mm-hmm. But that that kind of stuff would eat at me. Mm-hmm. I mean, it would. So I agree with you. Mm-hmm. Definitely the Lord did something on his heart because, I mean, to get in an emotional state of being where you're not eating or drinking. You know what I mean? He was in a yeah a very crisis mode at that moment. It makes sense. Pretty tore up. In Spanish, you have a nice play on words. Is when you're in a crisis, that's when you find Christ. Uh, yeah. so, fair uh, weather Christian, so to speak. It's yeah. like I'll serve you as long as things until things get better, and then mm-hmm. when things get better, I'm back to doing yeah. That. It's so sad. It's just know, it really is. Uh, verse ten says in Damascus there was a disciple named Ananias. The Lord called him in a vision. Ananias, yes, Lord, he answered. The Lord told him, go to the house of Judas on Straight Street and ask for a man from Tarsus named Saul, for he is praying. In a vision, he has seen a man named Ananias come and place his hands on him to restore his sight. Now, I love this passage uh, for many reasons. One is we're in the New Testament, and, hey, there is God talking in a vision to Ananias, and I think God still talks to us in visions. God still reaches out to us, and I know that sounds strange for some people, but, I mean, do you are we trying to listen? Are we trying to see God speak to you, you know? Yeah. Um, and uh, and then I love the verse eleven, the twelve is like very clear. He gives a direction. This is what you're supposed to do. And I and I think as Christians in the Lord, like we should be have this expectation. God's going to talk to us every day. As Christians, we should be like asking God for His direction for our lives. Now, now the interesting thing in that is like He gave very clear directions. Go to the house. Do this. Um, and I, I uh, a funny story. In that is, years ago I was with my wife, and we were off the mission field here at Christmas time, and we were talking to some family had a lot of financial problems, and I looked at my wife and I said, well, I got I got two hundred and seventy dollars. Want to give it to him? And so I just we just take out the money and give it to him, and we take off, and then I go home and cross lanes, and I'm like two hundred seventy dollars. I saw the money we had. That's what that was our Christmas gift. What are we going to do, honey? We're two hundred seventy dollars. I don't know. Oh, wow. And I just felt like God tell me, go to the uh, Cross Lanes post office box. Now, I kept hearing that, go to the Cross Lanes post office, go to the Cross Lanes post office. I'm like, okay, Lord, I'm going to go get my car. It was a, a little less than a mile. I'll go get my car, go to the Cross Lanes post office. But the funny thing in this story, I, did, I didn't have a post office box there. I had nothing there. Hmm. But I feel like God calling me to say, Go to the post office box. So I go in the post office box. And this is a really small post office box. You've been there probably. Oh, yeah. And uh, I walk in. I'm, like, looking for a sign or something. Like, what's the next thing I'm supposed to see, Lord? What, are you, what, are you, what is – why am I here? You right. know? And I walk in, and I 
this and it takes like 35 seconds to walk through the whole place and there was nothing and so i'm walking out of the door and i never forget this lady i won't say her name but i'll tell you later and she comes in and she's holding something in her hand and she says brian it's you and i'm like yeah, it's it's me. <laughs> I don't know what that means. You, know? you don't understand. I was like, no, what happened? She says, no, I was in my house, and God told me that there was someone out there at the post office box that needed this. And she reaches over and puts $270 in my hand. No. Unbelievable. I was like, wow, Lord. And, and But the thing about it was, is like the divine appointment, like the Lord calling me to be at the post office box, the Lord calling her to go and like just being obedient to his voice. And I think so many times we're not obedient to his voice. We're like, Oh, I think I hear him, but maybe not. I'll just stay here and stay still. And like you're talking about mm-hmm. all these God calling people to do things and to bless mm-hmm. people, to bless the community. But we stay still like how many people has been told to go make a banana bread for their neighbor and just tell them you're praying for him. And like, no, yes. that'd be embarrassing, you know? Um, wow. But I, I missed opportunities. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Miss yep. Kingdom Connections. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Wow, that's crazy. But that, so that that's neat. I mean, but but that's how God works. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, I remember um, being in Cross Lanes at the Cross Lanes Kroger, and Christy and I, we didn't have kids at that time, and, and uh, we were getting ready to go to the beach. And, you know, when you go to the beach, you're just scrimping and scraping just enough to go. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. Um, so there's a lady pulls up in a Volkswagen. i never forget it. And Christy... I don't know why, I guess maybe she was putting her buggy up at the same time, you know, that this woman was getting out of her car and they started talking and, and Christy ends up giving her a lot of our vacation money. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, and so I'm thinking, dag, you know, I said, well, you got to be obedient. Mm-hmm. And so we went on vacation and everything was affordable. Mm-hmm. And I remember one night we were going to TCBY. We budgeted, at that point, we budgeted like, okay, we could spend this amount of money for dinner, this amount of money for the activity after, you know. Mm-hmm. And it's like, okay, so we wanted to get ice cream or a TCBY, which was not on the itinerary. Mm-hmm. We were a quarter short from what we needed. So I started looking around vending machines and newspaper mm-hmm. machines, that kind of stuff, and we found what we needed. Mm-hmm. But one of the one of the quarters that Christy found that we needed to, to to be able to go get ice cream, I'm on 17 through Myrtle Beach, and you're driving maybe it was 65 at that time or whatever it was. And Christy says, "Stop! There's a quarter in the road." I mean, how did she see? I'm driving 65, and there's a quarter in the road, so I pull over. Mm-hmm. I go out. It wasn't wasn't a busy traffic day. I go out and there's a quarter in the road mm-hmm. and I don't know how in the world she saw that. And so I got the quarter. We, we were 13 cents short when we ordered ice cream and the guy said, don't worry about it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And you know, so you can, I can tell these stories over and over and over because they're like that. And God wants to move. I I don't believe, and and I really mean this. I don't believe that, God is going to hand us anything. Mm-hmm. There's a prerequisite to the blessing, Deuteronomy 28, in many ways. Um, but there's a lesson that we're going to learn through that process. Mm-hmm. And I've seen it time after time after time after time that God uh, that God moves. But God will also move. He moved on you, and then he moved on that lady, and she was obedient. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. How many times do we see the missed opportunities? Mm-hmm. Well, you don't see them mm-hmm. because you didn't do it. Mm-hmm. So, you know, and people, let me, let me explain. I'm going to look in the camera when I say this. Stop calling God a something. Well, something spoke to me today, and I had to go over and see that person. That something is the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is on earth. I told somebody that last night. Um, you know, God's in heaven. Jesus is in heaven. The Holy Spirit's here. Mm-hmm. It's here, active inside of us. And and so that there's no something. It's God. It's time for you to give him, give the Holy Spirit credit that the Holy Spirit led me to this or led me to that. 
and then you share it as a testimony. And man, I tell you, God can do big things with it. That's ex- mm-hmm. that's encouraging. Mm-hmm. That's exciting. Yeah, yeah. yeah I'm, I I just feel like God at once. You know, the amazing thing in this is like He calls Ananias, right? Ananias is really you don't really hear much anything of Ananias in the Bible. We don't really know who Ananias was. He was a no namer, but he called to partake with him, like to partner with him. Like, right. and I think so many times as Christians we. Well, you know, yeah, you know, I I love the Lord, but you know, I'm a, I'm part of God's team. I have my Christian shirt on. As a soccer player, <laughs> would wear, you know, I'm a soccer player. I wear my soccer uniform. Yeah, but I'm a, I'm a Christian. And I have Jesus, but I don't really like play the game. I don't and I don't even like saying playing the game. But I don't let I don't let my God in heaven direct me. Yeah, but but I'm part of the team. But yeah, we just let Him direct you and guide you, and because he, he wants to partner with us, he you know, and, and have His glory flow through our lives. I mean, Ananias could have stayed still. I, but I kind of think differently in this. I think Ananias could have stayed still and not obeyed. God's going to still get his mission done. God would have called John. God would have called Jacob. He would have called someone else, right? Someone and else. I think, like, to me, the thing that I hope I've stopped, you know, but sometimes God tells me something, I'm like, oh, I don't know. I don't know if I should tell that person. I know that person looks sad and they're eating all by themselves, and I could invite them over to my table. I don't know if I should do that or not. And you feel like the Lord telling you this, you should, and you're like, and then you leave. You don't. And sure. then you leave, and you feel like, oh, I should have did that, and you feel so bad. I'm like, yeah. you know what? I would much prefer to have the the embarrassment. I'd rather move in faith than doubt. Oh, yeah. yeah. That's and good. So, and so I would much prefer, I think I hear God's voice, would you like to come have lunch with me? Or would you, can I pray for you? And the person say no, then then get in my car and be beating myself down the road like you should have did that, you know what I mean, or missing right. opportunity. And so, yes, um, I've learned enough from my mistakes that it's better just to ask, you know. <laughs> well, yeah, I agree. I agree with you. Well, because you know, you look at you look at Paul. You know, he wrote what at thirteen or fourteen mm-hmm. oh, yeah. of the books of the of the New Testament. 13. Mm-hmm. Yeah, thirteen. So you look at that. And if Ananias, I mean, God was on a mission here. You know, he mm-hmm. chose, he chose, man, uh, this is almost predestination. Mm-hmm. We have to be so <laughs> careful with that. I mean, this is, he chose, he chose Paul. Mm-hmm. You know, Paul's persecuting Christians and he chose him and then he uses him to, mm-hmm. to, to write 13 books of the Bible. Mm-hmm. But... There's something to this, uh, Brian, is this. Where did he write most of the uh, the 13 books of the Bible? Mm-hmm. It wasn't in a beach chair in right. the Bahamas. Mm-hmm. It was in prison. Right. <laughs> so, yep. so, I mean, hey, you know, if, if you're coming on board to be a Christian and you think it's going to be cushy and it's going to be, yeah, it has its moments, you know, of, of, of this kind of thing. But, you know, it's... It's not for the faint at heart. Mm-hmm. You know, being a Christian is not for the faint at heart. Mm-mm. This is a good study. Man, yeah. this is good. Yeah. But what I like about Ananias, too, is, like, I think there's this whole conversation between him and the Lord. And some people, were t- I heard somebody that talking about prayer. Well, you know, this is prayer. He's talking to God, you know. And yeah. We're scared. Just pray, you know. He's just telling the Lord how it is. Hey, and, and so he says, I want you to go to this guy. And he looks back at him and he's like, but hey, Lord, you know, verse 13 says, I have heard many reports about this man and all the harm he's done to this holy people in Jerusalem. He's like more or less saying, you know, if I go, I could be harmed. You know what I'm saying? Lord, you really want me to go and do that? <laughs> right. And uh, and, he, and then it, then God responds there in verse 15, right? <laughs> go, this man is my chosen instrument. But I think for me, my encouragement for the people listening is like when you hear God speak to you, uh, there is a faith that you got to take. It, you could feel like you're going to get harmed, but really, I just take a step of faith and talk, go and share, and and minister to the people. You know, I I think so many times, and I, I, a funny story would be when uh, I heard I I joined the Air National Guard. I just come back from basic training. I come back to my church the first Sunday after being gone like eight months. I'm wearing my blues uniform, you know, and we're in worship, and um, I feel like God telling me to go pray for this lady, that that she would be healed from cancer. And I'm thinking, you know, I I don't, 
I don't do those kind of things, you know. That's not me. I'm in my uniform, you know. And <laughs> yeah, and yeah. as there, and I didn't have no position position in the church or anything like getting up and I, mean, I wasn't a pastor or, or an elder or deacon. I, you know, I was just part of the youth group more or less, and uh, I was <coughs> one of the youth leaders. And so I kept as worship was going, go pray, go pray, go pray, go tell this lady I'm healing her to accept her healing. That was the message. I'm healing you, accept your healing. So anyway, after being beat up to the spirit in a good way, like to go, you know, <laughs> right. uh, I'll walk over and I go to the lady and I said, I feel like God's telling me that you need to, uh, the Lord's healing you to accept your healing. And she looks at me crying and she says, you're the third person of the day come with that message. Wow. And so, but to me, it was like the Lord saying, the Lord is so gracious. Sometimes we're hard headed. We need to hear it three times. Sometimes we need to hear mm-hmm. it four times, you know? And, uh, on this case, I didn't want to go because I was like, oh, what if I'm wrong? You know, what if I say something wrong and then, oh, my gosh, I'd be so embarrassed. I haven't been in the church here for eight months. Right. Um, but there's so many times we don't do things because we're struggling with God. Like we yeah. don't, you know, we don't talk to God. So that whole conversation with God, you struggle me to go or don't go. Now, I just say that to say that we as Christians, when God calls us to do something, if you don't want to do it, you should be like Ananias and say, Lord, you this, this, this. Yeah, what about this? And the Lord's... We'll probably still say, go. <laughs> go. He does make it clear, though. He's my chosen instrument, and this is where you need to go. But I, I, you see in New, Psalms all the time, David, you know, com, I don't want to say complaining to God, telling God his problems, and then he would end up by saying the promises of God, you know. So I think it's okay to go to God when you feel God's calling you to do something, um, to say, like, I know when I got called to go to Colombia, I, I didn't know Spanish. I didn't know much at all and but the guide i was like you sure when we do this you're gonna give me clarity and he gave me more clarity so i think it's good not i think it's good to have a conversation with the lord um when he calls you to do things um yeah the, I'm, I'm looking up something here mm-hmm. because it's got me it's got me intrigued and it's uh i use the blue letter bible it's it's really good let me see here what this says because in verse 15, it says, But the Lord said unto him, Go thy way, for he is a chosen yeah. vessel. Key yeah. word there. Yeah. And so let me see what some of the other interpretations. Chosen vessel. Uh, go uh, for this man is a chosen instrument. Uh, chosen instruments used a lot. Yeah, it's So it's a, a vessel instrument. So, I mean, when you read that, when you read that part about a chosen vessel, Mm-hmm. What do you what do you, what do you think that is? I mean, how do you relate that to today's time? Oh, I think we all have a call on the Lord, and we've been chosen for something, um, you know. And a vessel is we're just like I think. I'm so blessed for our ministry. I'm so blessed for our ministry. But everything that's happened in our ministry, it's that's been like wow. It's all been God. It has been nothing about Brian and nothing about my family. It's just about God making it happen. And I, so I think, like, just being, and I think God has certain callings on certain people's lives, you know. Like, I um, I feel very strongly right now, call it the Latin community, to reach out and help these impoverished people. I don't feel called right now at the moment to the Chinese community or the right. Asian community, but that's where I'm calling. So I think right. God put something in our hearts, and he's chosen us for certain purposes. And, mm-hmm. uh, and I think as a vessel, we're just an empty vessel filled with God's spirit to... Mm-hmm. To his will, and so that's so good. Um, and and uh, I was sitting there looking at the Greek here. It says um, a vessel of choice. <laughs> vessel of choice. A vessel of choice. And, and then the word choice in that could be instrument wow. or vessel. Vessel. Think of an instrument too. You know, you, you put an instrument in the right person's hands. Oh yeah. We put ourselves into God's hands. That's good. Oh, that's a beautiful note. This is a great sermon. You think I could preach this Sunday? Oh, you could. Nail yeah. it. Is there a patent on this? No, there is not. <laughs> no patent on <laughs> you on this. It's just so much stuff you can see in Acts nine. I mean, oh, in Acts man. eight and nine is such a beautiful part of Scripture. People blow by blow mm-hmm. by some of this stuff, mm-hmm. and you got to read it slow and and mm-hmm. dissect it down into a chosen vessel. You know, one thing that I don't I don't know. I figure you caught this in, in verse ten. Um, and there was a certain disciple, mm-hmm. a certain disciple, Ananias. Mm-hmm. 
And and here's what here's what that I think is also interesting about a disciple that he's talking about here at Damascus. He he names the location. Mm-hmm. So here's the thing. I don't know if you've ever thought about this. Why were you born in West Virginia? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, you could have been born anywhere, mm-hmm. but God picked your parents, picked West Virginia, and picked South America for your ministry. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I think about that, that, you know, God, he's, the book's being written, 20, Jeremiah twenty nine eleven. Mm-hmm. You know, he knows the thoughts. And uh, not to harm us, and to have that expected end. Mm-hmm. And so I think people forget why we're here. We're here to do the will of God, to serve him, to be obedient to him, and to reach people. And you could be, because of, of maybe disobedience in your life, or in my life, or Brian's life, we can, we're missing it. Mm-hmm. We're missing that, that person that needs Jesus, that you think that if you go up and talk to them, they're going to yell at you, or they're going to make fun of mm-hmm. you. So what? Mm-hmm. You know, so what? Souls are in the balance. Mm-hmm. You know, I agree with you, if Ananias wouldn't have done it, you know, somebody else would have done it, mm-hmm. but it, he was chosen. Mm-hmm. You know, chosen to do it. That's good. good stuff. I, yeah, I just think that you know, and I think there's this stigmatism that oh, they're going to make fun of me. But I, you know, I haven't. Um, I, let's say I've talked to 500 people about Christ. This, you know, you're sitting in a coffee store, or you're go to someone's house, or you're talking to your neighbor, and it comes the moment you can talk about it. I mean, of 500 people. Maybe three people is like, oh, well, I just don't really want to talk about that. Right. You know, but it's, but for those three people, oh my gosh, I wouldn't, that's embarrassing to talk to people. I think it's a stigmatism yeah. where Christians were, that's just played out, just try to create fear in us. And, and he had every fear. Like, I'm worried for my life. Right. But I'll still be obedient to you, God. I'll still be right. obedient to the Holy Spirit. I'll still go. And so my thing is, we just need to get rid of our fears and move yeah. forward in Him. Do we hear it? Do we hear about Ananias anymore? Um, there's three different Ananias in the Bible. I don't know this particular one if we hear from it anymore. I don't think you do. It's not like a really famous person in the Bible. So, so when he was on stage, he did his thing and then he retired. Mm-hmm. <laughs> he <was laughs> or, at least, or at least we didn't write about him. He could have kept on ministry. <laughs> but you, can you imagine him like, uh, you know, me and Ananias, I was the one that talked to Saul. And you know what Saul did? He had 13 books. He did, yeah. I think, 14, 16 churches. Uh, yeah. You know. <laughs> <laughs> that was I was the one about the message from God. <laughs> and, and, and the whole time he's bragging about it, he's sitting in a, in a, in a, uh, down at the Bahamas, uh, sipping on a coconut <laughs> drink and telling people that was me. Yeah. That was me. Yeah. <laughs> that's so funny. Oh, that's a hoot. Well, finish this up here, brother. That's good stuff. Yeah. It is nine o'clock. I didn't know how far you want to go. I feel. I mean, I you go as long as you think. Yeah, well, I have to. I have a doctor's appointment at nine forty-five. As missionaries, it's we twenty can go minutes on from, and on. It's twenty. It's fifteen minutes from here, so I'm yeah. I'm good. Yeah. All right, so we are on. I was I sliding through here, and I totally went past everywhere. So we said we went to We're, Straight Street, and he complained. And now, now this is the verse sixteen. I think yeah, verse sixteen. Yeah, I will show you how much. Now, you you mentioned it, right? I will show you how much he must suffer for my name. Then Ananias went to the house and entered it, placing his hands on Saul. He said, "Brother Saul, the Lord Jesus, who appeared to you on the road." as you were coming here, has sent me so that you may see again and be filled with the Holy Spirit. Immediately something like scales fell from Saul's eyes, and he could see again. He got up and was baptized, and after taking some food, he regained his strength. And I think the key thing to me in that passage, I mean, there's several, I mean, you can go forever in this passage. There's a lot of meat in this. You could, you know, there's churches that been built through this passage. <laughs> oh, I believe it. You know? But the key thing to me in this passage is, he was told to go, and when he went there, he didn't go in his name. He didn't say, hey, buddy, my name is Ananias. You know, I'm here what in the up? name of Jesus. Yes. I come here to proclaim what you, this Jesus you met on the road. I'm here to tell you what what has um, his message. I'm here to do God's will, right? And so— um, Man, that's so good. And I think for us, 
if we go in the right name, it's not my name, it's not in my flesh, not in my studies, my no, I'm going in the name of Jesus. I feel like Jesus is calling me to do this. You yes. know? And I think by going in his name, we will receive results. We go in our own name, knowledge, titles, we're not going to go anywhere. Right. You know. Um, but we go in his name, we will see results. And so that would be my encouragement for everyone listening today is like, are we going in his name? Right. Yeah. Are we, um, and I, and I just, you know, it's amazing the results you see. I mean, this guy, he did, I mean, he, he, he traveled over 10,000 miles spreading the gospel. Saul did. And, and he established, um, at least 14 churches. So I think it's important uh, we don't know who is the next Saul that's coming to the Lord. We don't know who is the next John. And, and, and if you like, if you yeah. really think, you know, if, you, some people listen to this today is um, read the Billy Graham biography, right? He was a yeah. humble man come to the Lord. You know what I mean? So mm-hmm. um, it could be the next person to come to the Lord. It could be the next Billy Graham. You, you don't know. So like our mm-hmm. girls in the pro- program, our babies that we're rescuing, they could be the next Just Billy Graham in South thing. America, you know? And so... <coughs> um, Absolutely. But wow. but it, but at the same time, they could be the next Ananias. We don't really know who they were, but we did, but they just listened to God's voice. And that's our thing, is this taking baby steps, listening to God's voice and being obedient. That's awesome. The title of uh, title of the podcast today is How God Talks to Us. And he can talk to you just any old way that he wants to. I mean, because he's God. You know, a lot of people, uh, Brian, say that the gifts died when the last disciple died. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I don't agree with that. And I believe that the gifts are still in operation. The convicting power of the Holy Spirit is still in operation. Um, and one thing about it, when you think about what God has called us to do, mm-hmm. you know, God's called me here. God's called you in Columbia, mm-hmm. but our paths crossed for a reason. Mm-hmm. I remember we had a fellow that listened to our political show. His name was Moose, his Moose. And, and, uh, and he was a big guy. He's about seven foot tall. And, um, he got saved he got saved because he knew Tim Morris. Mm-hmm. Tim Morris and I have been best friends since fourth grade. If I'd have had a brother, it'd have been Tim. And so you think about because we started a, a political podcast and Tim it was on the show. Well, Moose started watching. Then Moose started watching. His name his name's Rodney, but mm-hmm. so. Um, he started watching the morning podcast that I do and he gets saved. He calls me on the phone and, uh, and, uh, he gets saved. And so you stop and think about God orchestrating Moose's life back when I'm in the fourth grade mm-hmm. by Tim Morris, by me working, being friends all those years. And then Moose gets saved. Well, last year, Moose passed away. Hmm. And actually, Tim and I were going to go to Myrtle Beach where he was where he was living. He's from here, but he, you know, living there. And we were going to baptize him in the ocean. He had some foot issues at that time, and, and he had to wait for it to heal, but we never got to do that. But um, he made it. Mm-hmm. You know, he made it to heaven. Was was he, I mean, he was a young convert. You know, some of the conversations that we had, you know, you know, had a few slip-up cuss words in it. Mm-hmm. You know, I believe he's a he, I believe he made it. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and so, because you know how it is. It's like, you, before you come to Jesus, you got to quit smoking, drinking, cussing. You know, those three things, you know. But that's always what I hear. But... But you, you stop and think. So you and I meeting however many years ago it was, and to this day, and and we're sitting in a podcast in a room, and we're broadcasting to the world, mm-hmm. letting them know about Jesus. Mm-hmm. My years of radio, I was in radio for years, and he's and he took my past and put it to my future. Mm-hmm. Put it to my now, mm-hmm. and I never thought I'd be stand, uh, you know sitting behind a microphone again with a pair of headphones. I never ever thought mm-hmm. I'd be doing that, but 
you know, here we are. And so, you know, you can, you can think about, and you can try to overanalyze God. And I'm saying this to people that are watching today, but God has a ministry for you. And many times what your ministry is, is where you've been, your testimony. You know, you can't have a test. You can't have a testimony without a test. What have you gone through? And use that for for the Lord. And great things are in store for you. Is it going to be easy? No, it's not going to be easy. Mm-hmm. But God's faithful. You got any final comments? Mm-hmm. Well, I just going on what you say there. Is you look at Saul when he goes, he gets in front of people. What's he gives his testimony, his own personal testimony. You know, this is where who I was. This is who I am now. This is who I was. The steps I come up to Christ. This is who I am now, and this is what we're doing. You know the difference, and I think everyone has their own testimony. That God, you know, if you have a relationship in Christ, you have a testimony, and that is a powerful testimony in itself, whatever that is. And so, to move forward, um, I would just, you know, final words. I just take verse fifteen, and it's, uh, it says, "Go." I would encourage everyone to go wherever they're at. Um, if you're right now in the car, listen to this. Hang up. When you finish, listen to this. Hang up and call the people God's put in your heart and just have like God's called me to pray for you. If you're at home, whoever God's calling you to, I would go and take a step of faith. It's all about faith. It's like um, if it's easy, it's probably you're not using any faith to do it. If that makes sense, you know. And so yeah. I would just want to encourage y'all to go, and you'll see great and mighty things. Amen. So. With back to uh, back to uh, your ministry here in, in global transformation ministry, what are some ways that people can can give to the ministry? And also, they have an opportunity to. Uh, Brian always brings coffee when he comes to see us, and so it, this uh, you want to talk about that for a minute? Yeah. So there, there's a couple ways. One is you can buy coffee. Probably some of you listening right now is drinking coffee, but we 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 sell coffee that actually got second place in Medellin, Colombia. So it's a really good coffee, mm-hmm. and you can order that online at Bebe B E B E Beans Bebebeans dot com. You can order that online, and that actually we have churches that order it for their Sunday morning services. We have individuals that get subscriptions and just have like two bags delivered to them a month. That's that's a great way to help our ministry. That goes 100% to the girls' home. And right now we're in a big capital campaign trying to raise $120,000 for the new home to expand it. And so any contribution during this time I'm in the States on, on tministries.org, which is transformationministries.org, tministries.org, um, that's one way to donate towards that big campaign to remodel or for new facilities. And then if they want to sponsor, they can also sponsor the girls through that website. Or they can reach out to me at Brian, B-R-I-A-N, at tministries.org, which I imagine we'll type that into the um, Facebook thing, all those different addresses. But that would be one way. But the biggest thing right now is prayer, and I think it is very powerful prayer. Um, Be praying for... My wife and I have three kids, and we're traveling through the United States for the for the next twenty some days, and so just be praying for our travel mercies and connections. Is that so, that Brian at T Ministries? Yeah. Dot what? Org. Dot org. Mm-hmm. Gotcha. righty. So if you uh, want to get a hope, you want to get a hope of him. <laughs> you can you've heard that you never heard somebody say no, that no, no, no. instead of say hold instead of get a hold of you they uh-huh. say get a hold to him uh, keith and i uh-huh. we, we come up with that oh, word <laughs> oh. I, have you talked to keith lately a couple months ago oh yeah six months ago i miss him i need he's to. a sweetheart it used to be that i only called keith when i had problem because he could fix it uh, he was Excellent. He's That's phenomenal amazing. with that, you know, and and he taught me to. He, he said counseling is like un, un uh, like peeling back an onion, mm-hmm. and I never forgot that, you know. Mm-hmm. I when I do counseling, I I take a lot of things that he taught me and mm-hmm. through counseling, mm-hmm. <laughs> just like John, you got to get this right, mm-hmm. you know. But uh, yeah, Keith's an awesome guy. Well, pray us out, Brian. All righty, um, Lord, we just thank you. Thank you that you're a good and awesome God and powerful and created the heavens and the earth. We thank you that you're an intimate God and you want to talk to us every day. 
And Lord Jesus, I just pray through your spirit that you would speak to our hearts and our minds and you would encourage us and to do your will and that we would reach out to the ones that so badly need to hear your voice, Lord Jesus. And Lord, we just ask that you would uh, help us to move as Ananias moved. And we thank you for his testimony and we just pray that your church would be built through your name, Lord Jesus. And we just ask you so much to bless everything we're going to do today and, to, and we just pray that we be in the center of your will. In the name of Jesus, amen. Amen. And I will tell you this, that any financial uh, money that you give today will make sure it gets to gets to Brian and uh, his ministry. You can text the word PULSE to P-U-L-S-E to 1304-244-3187. Or you can go to thepulsechurch.com and give through PayPal. Or mail your love gift to P.O. Box 141, Gasaway, West Virginia, 26624. Great things are in store. Brian, I love you, brother. It's great seeing you. I hope that since they've uh, done some laid back on the vaccine and stuff like that, I can get to Columbia and come down and do some ministry. Fun stuff. Love you, brother. Have a great day, and thanks for listening and watching the Pulse TV Live, a network that beats to the heart of God. Have a good day.